So now that's working. Let's unmute. Can you hear? I can hear now. A lot of echo, but I can hear. Okay. Were you able to hear before? I could not hear before. You are Can you hear us? I, I can't hear you. Yes, ma'am. Talking. I don't know if you can hear me. We're good. We're good. All Great. Right. I can hear you too. So sorry for the interruption about the sound. Well, your your application is done. <laughs> yeah, your your parents' application uh, was approved at this point. Oh, great. So uh, is does does that mean it's over at this moment? No. Uh, I mean, for right now, yes. <laughs> you don't Understood. Have to... Well, yeah, I honestly was just sitting here really enjoying what was going on. I just couldn't really hear anything. So I really appreciate all the work you guys did. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And whoever called with the council. All right. So oh. we have the applicant for the. Uh... Yes, we got the ones. Okay. 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 Um, <laughs> Um, I, Tegan, um, this is going to be hard to uh, Yeah, I'm just getting my 
So we're going to perform with this one right now. Yeah. Okay. Are the other people still here? They, yes. they are. Yeah, they want. Oh. So we're, I'm going to call the neighbor who was trying to get on and let them know that we were having technical difficulties. Well, you know, yeah, <laughs> um, and tell him that we're going to move forward with this application and then we'll come back to him and allow him to give public comment when we're done with this. The petitioner is still here. Yes, everybody is still here. Should we just go back to that really quick then? That idea. I don't necessarily. Let's get wadding through. Okay. Cool. Yeah. In the meantime, yes. let's think about if we want to actually yeah let's get what i drew okay. let's let the public comment on the last I and then we'll figure out I expect this one will be faster um yeah yeah let's get that thanks um here uh if you want to stand there and you guys are up okay. And then I also have um, photos and things, but you guys just want this to just want to introduce myself. I'm John Waddick. I live in the house of property adjacent here, east of this property here. Both pieces of property. Um, I've been there for 33 years. I like the neighborhood. I like it all, but um, the home that I have now is getting a little bit harder for seniors to deal with. So I'm um, opposing to build a house on the other piece of land there. That'd be more, more acceptable for somebody my age. So, you know, what I, this is my brother, Pat Waddick. He's from Minneapolis, Minnesota. He's an architect up there. He's my brother. So I was gonna let him, since he's an architect, do most of the speaking for me. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I don't know if an architect is gonna get you in trouble or whatever. It's my family, so that's where I'm at. Uh, I'll just give, give a quick summary. I thought well, number five was probably the best one to show an example. Uh, is this number five? Yep, this is sheet number five. Okay. Uh, we're looking at this piece of land, a parcel right here, and is what we're looking at is trying to reduce this down to a 20-foot setback. Right now, there's one drawing we've got that shows what we're we have buildable and we don't yeah. have buildable, which is important. Yeah, I think it kind of tells the whole story on it. So, yeah, right here, pardon me. It's the buildable area right now is 600 and some square feet. When we're proposing building area that we can build on 600 and some square feet. So, obviously, the garage is probably bigger than that. But in order to build something, you'd have to go up. A lot of stairs, probably four stories. Uh, the other one is to say, well, we go down here and we come back, we get the 20 foot setback, but we keep the 50 foot going all around. And this gives us a better opportunity in the idea of designing something that's reasonable to go to go on the site. And so the uh, that's just kind of a good comparison of how it's going on. And then the sheet number five was showing what we looked at for a footprint to go on the site. Um, and that was this area right here. It's kind of a sawtooth type effect. The idea of this is a triangle. Triangle is kind of kind of weird. As soon as you pull one side, something else will go. 
you can't, if you go all directions, if I went the other direction, it would screw up the other way. So this triangle is kind of, kind of a unique area. Right here, it stays the same no matter what we do. As soon as we lower it, we get the expansion. It's still working in the triangle, which makes it difficult and probably costly in building it. Then we'll show you a couple images and then that'll be it uh, on our part. This, this was kind of looking from the road, uh, from the road going back on 129, and we'd be looking east on it. It's giving the saw to type of that metal roof. The idea, the opportunity too, is we can get solar panels to go on there, go on the building. And environmentally, it's a passive solar type system. It has nothing to do with traffic barriers. I won't go into the design, but it's a lot of energy efficient type ideas that we can take place. The biggest one is the view. Obviously, it's a beautiful view there that goes on. Even the cows, the cattle, I should say. We can go to the next two that we dropped on to. This is going on the uh, going on the entry side, which is to the north. So there's very few windows coming on the north, and then back on the north side, there's a hill going up there, and there's a road going by. So it's really not a lot to see. But energy-wise, it's really, really a unique space to enter and how we've laid it, laid it out. So we'll go to the last one. This is kind of like looking towards the mountain area and the region and the views and so on like that. And then we're also looking up on the passive solar, how we can pick up the solars during the winter and, uh, in the summer and the cooling and so on like that. So it's, the site's got a lot of opportunities to take place if we could expand on the idea of the size of it. And we're looking at, we're trying to keep everything on one story. And that's basically coming into it tonight. Brother's aging here, along with me too, as I come to visit. But uh, the idea is just going on there, we provide on the larger overhangs and so on. Like that. You have any questions? I'll follow up. Yeah, a little like staff going on to talk. And then if we have any questions for you, we'll be back up here. So, this. Um, this property is located in Elk River Estate subdivision, so similar to the previous application, it's um, zoned Mount Residential Estate. However, it has some um, parcels that are significantly smaller than that minimum acreage of five acres that we currently have. So this parcel in particular um, is 0.78 acres, and it's directly at the entrance to Elk River Estates off of 129. It's where the Elk River Estates sign, subdivision sign exists. Um, you may not have noticed it was planted a lot. So it was planted in 1969. And so that was before zoning regulations and subdivision regulations were in effect. And um, the covenants for that subdivision expressed that it was to be used for single-family housing use only. Um, the county, first of all, the zoning is not dictated by covenants. Um, additionally, there's not an active utility there. And finally, um, we would not allow a multi-family housing complex to go there or used to be there. We would require it as single-family. So, and then same thing with the parcel directly to the north was also um, expressed in the covenants for multi-family housing, but we also would only allow something directly there. So.
quilt is a pretty unique shape um, in the fact that it's narrow and long and triangular. It's also flanked um, with ropes on two sides of it. So it's what has created extraordinarily constrained quiltable uh, area. So as the applicant expressed, currently what they would be able to do with that parcel is 628 square foot triangular building area. And they're asking to, um, you know, bump that down to a 20 foot setback on the south side uh, to create an area, a buildable area of over 2,000 square feet. So as the um, applicant showed, these renderings with this, um, you know, kind of triangular effect to try and utilize that existing building envelope um, space but just make it up slightly enlarged to the south. And I won't make it a future longer, but it's got a, you know, attached garage um, as well as the regular footprint. So here's some site visit photos. Let me just get this out. Um, I don't want it to show me the bus there that has to change. Can you move the uh, that like purchase the like yeah um, there we go. um so in these photos this is facing north this is the closest residence um, that exists it's over 300 feet away and it's up on a hill um, above the existing or above the subject property. Here we have, this is where Elkview Drive, the road that goes into El River Estates is located. So it's divides the two of them. Um, picture on the right is facing County Road 129 is that El River Estates sign. And as you can see, it has very sparse vegetation. Um, there's no trees on this part of it. It's got a little bit of grass. So um, this would be a photo So this, here's an angle where it's looking at 129 here, and then this vehicle is parked up on uh, that Elbridge Drive. So you can really see it is, the site is a tight uh, squeeze between those two roadways. And then this is just facing directly east on the parcel. Uh, the applicant explained that he owns the parcel directly to the east and resides there. So his home is just right down And so we're, what he's requesting is to be 20 feet essentially from this fence line. Questions? Yeah, like this photo, the one that you just were on, the house that's now left next to me, is that the house that he owns and lives in? No, no, no. This is the house to the north. To the north. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because of the topography, you can't see the apple. And this is facing directly to the south, so he's requesting to be uh, encroaching into this step back. So here's some photos just of the intersection because there's a little bit of discussion with staff packet about uh, site visibility. And I apologize these photos I have to keep containers of soft on my dash. <laughs> yeah, in the pictures. Um, but this is the intersection with County Road 129 and Elkview Drive. Um, so the subject parcel is in this triangle, however, the building area is um, 
you know, eight exceeds the eight feet from the center of that roadway and is 50 feet from the property boundary. The property boundary doesn't start and it's further in. So it's it's kind of you know down over this hill that the dwelling um, units being proposed. And here's just another angle slightly further around that bend. So the home would be you know closer to over here, not right up next to it. The applicant is not requesting to be any closer to the to be allowed for zoning regulations. Um, so a couple items that I just wanted to bring up in um, the staff packet. In the staff packet, so we did have a um, neighbor reach out. We had two neighbors reach out that did not support this application. Some of their concerns are things that I just wanted to discuss. Um, Specifically, there was a concern about water. Um, the Division of Water Resources regulates well permitting in the state of Colorado, the county does not. They, if the Division of Water Resources uh, says they're eligible for well permit, that is the authority on water access. So we can't address those concerns here. It's not the Board of Adjustment? No. We, we don't do water rights? We don't do No. We, we don't like to get into it here at the county unless someone's trying to make subdivision or something. But at this point, yeah, we're, we can't um, get into water rights because that's not something that we can regulate. Um, additionally, this is a padded buildable parcel. Um, there was some concerns about the appropriateness of this being a padded parcel. It is a legal non conforming lot that was platted prior to zoning regulations in the record. So, additionally, there's some concerns about um, site visibility, which I apologize. Oh, it's got to be I will just show you um, something that was in your staff packet. I consulted with uh, Rock River Bridge, and they expressed that um, they did not have concerns regarding visibility on this parcel, what they use to determine what an appropriate sight line is, um, is the Federal Highway Administration. Um, so there's a calculation that they go off of. So this is a 45 mile per hour roadway. Um, and as you can see up on the screen, there's this red triangle. So this is what they would consider that triangle of visibility for this intersection that they would not want to see anything obstructing that. So the yellow line here is the property boundary. It's an approximate property boundary for a GIS site, but it's relatively accurate. And so they're proposing to still be 50 feet back off this property boundary. So they're not encroaching into this visibility triangle that they use with this um, to determine from this calculation that the Federal Highway Administration has adopted. So as you can see, it would be further off that the only encroachment area they're requesting um, is to come off of that self property boundary. So all other um, county regulations Environmental health for a septic system, um, access from road grid, which would be off of the LP Drive, 
building code, all those items would still have to be met. Um, all those different departments through building permitting process, this process would not be those. This simply is a review for them to go closer to that council property box. So we are, from staff perspective, recommending approval for this application. That is because this is a constrained site due to its size, its narrowness, its shape. Um, it was by the board zone regulations coming to effect. And in order for them to you know, build a reasonably sized structure that exceeds that 628 square feet that they currently have um, meeting regulations, they would need to get an approved variance. So, I don't know any questions you have for me. Questions from the I board. Have couple, for... I have a couple of questions if I may. Um, when the wonderful red triangle is built there, do they take into account the fact that while well, 45 miles an hour is in fact the speed limit there, um, that is also the place where people accelerate to 50, 55, and more on a regular basis? And the reason I know that is because we own a house up in Northwest and we were on that road a lot. So the speed is what creates the length of the triangle. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't actually create, this is a 15 foot. So how you do this calculation you need to go from where the driver's sitting 15 feet out into the intersection and then the length is determined by the speed. So if it was, let's say 35 miles per hour, it would be a shorter distance of a triangle, um, but it doesn't actually make the width larger. So if it's, you know, people accelerating faster, it would go further to the south, but it wouldn't actually create a larger width here. It would become, so currently it's being calculated at a 500 foot view. It would be calculated, I don't know exactly what the number would be, but it might be 550 foot view. Um, so it wouldn't impact the buildable area that these folks are trying to um, put the house on. So you are confident that this is not going to cause any more difficulty with the safety of that intersection that already exists. So we rely on our public works department mm -hmm. to provide that information. And that is the information that they provide us that they do not feel that this application is going to impact visibility um, you know, to a degree that they can support this. Additionally, these folks could build that close to 129 as is without a variance. So, so the variance and the visibility aren't highly connected because they're trying to expand further to the south. The, the mass of the structure, you know, 10 to 50 feet of that property boundary currently without, without a variance being approved. Of course, it would only be 678 square foot footprint, but yeah. And my second question is, what is what is the property to the south of this property? So um, that is a sorry. 
She had a picture of a large seal. Yeah, it looks like a cow a, pasture. Yeah, there's a site map that shows there you go. The parcels, there you go. So this is a um, a ranch. It contains other parcels as well, um, but this particular parcel is 103 acre piece of land. They have an active cane operation. Those folks actually were here earlier tonight and decided um, to leave. He did not have concerns about proximity to the full property boundary. He has concerns about people speeding on that road. And so some conversations are happening um, with Road Bridge. I talked to the, our interim road bridge director um, about traffic concerns in that area. And he said he'd definitely like to talk to the property owner about some signage in the area um, to try and reduce speeds. There's also some options to like call the sheriff's office to put their little mobile trailer out uh, for the signs and things like that. Um, so he has concerns about traffic in general, not necessarily pertinent to this parcel. That's a large, definitely a larger conversation than for this particular site. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, from a staff perspective, they're not entirely connected. I think this was a way for people that were concerned about traffic to say. I don't want to see any more development there because traffic is too fast. Um, but it didn't necessarily have to do with the proximity of this structure to the south property boundary, which is what they're requesting. Thank you. Anything else? I uh, can you pull back up your triangle? The shows the lot of the triangle for yeah. the variance. The, you had one that had oh, a little triangle oh, where, the house, I was, I where the house was going to be built. Time. There's a lot of triangles. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, I was, I was waiting for the, the, the other one. <laughs> the, the blue triangle. No, I, 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 I could care less about it. I don't drive down that road, so I don't care about the traffic. But, uh, I thought you were just like very constantly thinking about No. No, the one where it showed. Uh, this one. Yeah, that one. So um, I guess my question is, okay, it went away. Okay, my question is, so we're, we're looking at a variance for 20 feet to the south property line there. What happens if you moved it to the north and instead, you know, you weren't encroaching on that person's property, instead you were encroaching on just the road. Is there, was there any consideration for that? I'm not saying that's better or worse taken, I'm just, Asking did you guys think I'm, about that. I'm not sure if the applicants thought about it. However, I did have a discussion with Public Works that they are not comfortable allowing any Okay, so so there's a there's a consideration from Road Bridge there. They don't want anything closer to the road. Okay. It, it makes it considerably more difficult for road maintenance. Um, okay, that's that's the question question I had. So, and the property owner for the south was object. He was the one who was here earlier that was concerned about traffic. He right. said that but he doesn't object to And who's the, where's the location of the house, the, of the old residence? There are four lots down to the east. So they actually are double neighbors. Um, 
So they're, they own this 35 acre parcel across 129. And so this is where in their letter they indicated that they'd like to build a home um, somewhere on this parcel. And then additionally, they own Oh, there we go. Um, so they own, you know, a couple houses in on Elmview Drive, and then they also own across 129 that 35 acre parcel. Are there houses on both of those, or just the one? No. no. So in their um, comments that they provided, they indicated that they hope um, in the future to construct a home on this parcel. On this oh, the 35 acre parcel, but currently they reside on a home here. This one, the 35 acre parcel is vacant. Frank, I mean, I guess I failed to see how building a house in that 35 acre would cause a diminishing the value of it. They're going to be staring at the road that was. Instead of this beautiful one year 
And that's your condition number two, right? Yeah. Jerry makes a good point. That was next in line was public comment. If we don't have any more questions for staff or the petitioner, uh, if the public can hear us and there's any comment, we'll take it now. Yep. Hearing none, seeing none, we'll close the public portion of the hearing. Any uh, discussion once more? Or do we go ahead? Do a motion. Let's see. Joel is going to be. I'm sitting this one out. Oh, no. This, yeah. No, I'm you're saying this one out. Well, it's 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 you're off this time. Okay. I would move to approve the variance um, with the proposed findings of fact and proposed conditions. I have a second. Second. Any discussion? Well, we're going to we're going to approve the two-year window. That's part of the that's part of the condition number two. Um, we got a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Your application is approved. You have your variance. Good luck with your option. Thanks for coming down. Thank you. Appreciate all the work. Very well. All right, we're going to get Brooks back in here. We have public set up for them. I hearing didn't happen. We did not have a proper connection with the rest of the public. So Can we just do a double yeah, check. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's do that. Let's make sure that the public is here. Uh, we're getting a thumbs up. Uh, Connor, can you take your mute off so we can just double check the other way also? Yes, ma'am. Can you hear me? Yes, uh, great. Thank yeah. you. Of course. This is Patty Moon. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, thank you. And this is Kevin Gilman. Can you hear me? Yes, Kevin, we can. And we're assuming you all can hear us. Yes. So, so far, for the people that aren't here in the room tonight, um, 
the stuff that you might have been able to see but couldn't hear. Petitioner made their presentation. Staff made its presentation. The commission had questions, comments, uh, went around with the staff and the petitioner. We solicited public comment at that point. I think you guys got left out in the cold. So that's where we're gonna pick up. So I guess um, my first question is, does any of the public need or want uh, any recap from the petitioner? Um, yeah, this or, is Kevin Gilman. Uh, I would, I would like the uh, board, I would like the board to uh, table this agenda item until the next meeting so that I can hear the whole thing. Um, I've been on the, I was on the phone since six o'clock and I didn't hear any of it until like 10 minutes to seven. So I'll be back in Steamboat um, next month and I would like the board to table this issue uh, and I will be able to attend in person and get the whole story. I guess I got, I'm wondering if you have time to go through this tonight. I'm sorry, we, what was the question? I'm, we can go, we can go back through this, this evening from the beginning, if you would like, I think it might be preferable, the tabling. I think to be fair to the applicant, uh, we just can try Hearing done, if we can. Well, I'm still having trouble hearing you. Uh, you're you're breaking up when I'm. I can hear most of what you're saying, but there are definitely gaps where I cannot hear what you're saying. Okay, that. I guess if that's the case, then uh, if we tabled the uh, application, uh, would you plan on attending in person for the next one or? Yes. Yes, I will. Um, I, I would just like to add that I can hear you guys very clearly, and it seemed that he could on that last question. I think maybe getting to a secure Wi-Fi might be better, but you're coming through fairly clearly to myself. Yeah, I'm not on Wi-Fi. I'm on a Verizon phone call. We can hear you fine, Kevin. Can you hear us? I can hear uh, the people on the, the respondents. I'm having a hard time hearing the board. Anything we can do here to clear that? Um, yeah, I have a remote hearing policy. I just want to bring up for you so you all can decide how to proceed. This was properly noticed. Um, the applicant and neighbors, the property owners were all aware of hearing date. Um, I'm just going to bring this up for you really quick just so you can see it for yourself and make a determination whether you feel a bona fide attempt has been made to resolve the issue tonight or if you feel you want to table this to the next meeting. We created this policy for this situation. We do have a complete uh, video and audio record of everything that went on in connection with this application. That is correct. We may, because what we don't know is whether the audio, because if they weren't able to hear, we don't know 
if the recording of the audio went through or not. We have no real way of telling that until so, sorry, you go back to listen. So we may have a full recording of everything that was said, or we may not. Um, you know, so if you look at E here, um, if you want to take a look at the policy, my recommendation would be if you wanted to go forward with the meeting tonight, I think you do um, need for the applicant to make their presentation again to be clean and make sure everybody hears it. Um, that would be my recommendation, or um, you also have the ability to take a look for our next meeting, and that can be date specific, so it doesn't have to be advertised. And if we did table it, would it be procedurally acceptable to tell uh, people who may want to make public comment could not tonight that they should review everything that we hope now we have a full recording of so that we don't have to repeat that so that we pick up as Jeff suggested at the point I think the question mark would be is did it get the question mark is whether or not it's actually yes. recorded. Yeah. I'm confident that the the, the video was the video was but, but that doesn't really help. <laughs> yeah. And so until we find out about the audio we, we don't yeah. and I will add um all of um public comments that was written public comment was included in your staff packet for you all to consider yes. as part of your decision indeed. here tonight um you know i don't know if any of the neighbors have anything new to add um but the cleanest way would be to decide to hear the hearing tonight again and have the applicant make their presentation consider all public comments or table to the next meeting let me, um, before we go too much further, ask the applicant what kind of impact tabling this would be for them. Be we, would, we would prefer to um, present right now and speak precisely and clearly, maybe to move closer to the microphone and have them happy to do that. According to this policy, it's the presiding officer that makes the determination whether a full and fair hearing is possible or not. Um, so, Jeff, I mean, to dump that in your lap, or maybe you could open it up to the rest of the board to get their input on whether uh, a full and fair hearing is possible or not, and whether bona fide attempts have been made to resolve any of these technical conflicts and leave it up to the board whether you want to move forward tonight or table it. I guess uh, if we table the application, that's going to be based on what the board decides. We're going to have a motion to table, we're going to have a second, and we'll table if we do that. Um, I think that uh, right now the, the desire on uh, at least the board's part, I, I believe, and the applicant's part is to uh, to push through this. I guess I, I would make the point that you know the application I think has been noticed and has been public. I don't believe that we heard anything tonight that changed the nature of the application and, and substance or form at, at all. Uh, so um, that part definitely has been heard, I think. Um, I 
guess uh, the only thing that uh, I think the public might have really missed out on would have been some of the crosstalk, uh, some of the questions for the staff, and uh, some of the comments that were uh, made uh, during the uh, closed portion of the hearing. Um, it, it's Kevin, right? What was your last name? I'm sorry. Gilman. Gilman, okay. Uh, Mr. Gilman. Um, I think what I would like to do, I, and from what I'm hearing in the room, I, I think we'd like to try and move forward, recap uh, the application this evening. And if you have um, portions that are breaking up, if it gets uh, totally unintelligible for you, um, please let us know at any point. If you have any questions or you need anything repeated, otherwise we'll try and get the microphones closer to people and speak clearly. Um, I think that's uh, the way we'd like to proceed right now. Uh, okay. Um, it just puts me in an awkward spot because I believe the board has already voted to approve this. And now uh, that's kind of an uphill uphill by, uh, battle for me, but yes, let's move forward. Gentlemen, I, I would say that if we tabled, you'd still be looking at going, coming in, knowing that, that the boards have voted to approve at one point in time. So I appreciate your bearing with us very much. I very much apologize for technical difficulties earlier and, and, and right now. Uh, but at this point, I guess we're going to go ahead and Redo so. Uh, petitioner will make their presentation. Staff will make their presentation. Uh, the commission will uh, do our best to um, re-ask the questions we had before. I know we have one commissioner that had some comments that they made that that they'll be able to recap very succinctly. Um, and then we will ask for uh, your input. Uh, or public input, excuse me. And um, after the uh, public uh, input, we will close the public meeting and move on to uh, the vote. So, petitioner, come on back up and uh, let's uh, let's hear the story. Yeah, if we want to. She moves closer to the owl. I think that should pick her up somewhat better. Mr. Gilman, if you can uh, let us know if you're not hearing from me at any point. Yeah, Mr. Gilman, can you I, hear I me? I can okay? hear. Yes, Great. I can. Um, my name is Chancy Keenan. I'm with Mountain Architecture Design Group here tonight to um, talk about the Brooks setback, setback variance application. Um, staff prepared a detailed report, which you all have hopefully had a chance to review. Um, so I'll just hit on the key components of the project and how the proposal meets the various criteria. Um, the first slide here is the existing log cabin in Fox Estates. The second image is the vicinity map just showing the location of Fox Estates in Route County. You guys all just saw that. Do you want me to point, point everything out again? You can do one of these. Um, no, no. no. Do you need the, the clicker? Yeah. Okay, um, so history of the subdivision is important to discuss because of the unique aspect of Fox Estates that play heavily into our design solution. Thank you. Um, and variance request. 
Um, subdivision was created in 1970 prior to route county zoning standards. Um, in 1972, zoning was applied to the subdivision in the form of the Mountain Residential Estates Zoning District. Um, some key items to discuss there are um, in the table at the top. MRE zone district has a minimum lot size of five acres. Um, the lots within Fox Estates range from a half acre to two acres. The Brooks lot in particular is 1.09 acres. That lot is number 18 highlighted in red up here at the top of the page. Um, this subdivision is also located at the Toba hillside. A lot of these lots slope, um, slope pretty dramatically, um, including the Brooks lot number 18 up here, which has a greater than 30% average grade. Um, for today's subdivision requirements, anything greater than 30% um, is considered undevelopable land. Um, so again, applying the MRE zone district standards prevents, presents some development challenges for the subdivision as a whole, in particular, the Brooks lot number 18. Um, the setback study um, shown on the bottom of the page here um, illustrates the conformance of the Brooks lot with the neighborhood in general. Um, of the 26 lots in the subdivision, three are still vacant. The remaining 23 um, have structures on them. And of those 23, only two of those lots conform to the 50 foot setback criteria that was, um, that was applied to the subdivision after it was created. So the remaining 21 structures all have some form of encroachment into the setback criteria or the setback um, regulations. Also worth noting that the Homeowners Association has had a chance to review the proposal and has no objection to the proposal. Um, All right, next I'd like to discuss the Brook project um, in a little more detail. The red outline here is lot 18's property line. Um, when we applied those 50 foot setbacks to the property, um, we're left with a very narrow strip of land um, remaining as developable. As you can see, it's perfectly perpendicular to the steep topography of the lot. Um, the Green, which is showing up yellow here, the green area is the existing footprint of the cabin. Um, same on these floor plans below. Um, I also have a green circle here that shows the general vicinity of the leach field and the two septic tanks located just below the house right here. Um, so as you can see, the septic and leach field occupy a lot of the buildable area below the home, um, which make those undevelopable. We also have an existing driveway here to access the site. Um, I just want to include that in the infrastructure category. The blue areas are our design solution for the addition. Um, we did in-depth site analysis and we're mindful of the five criteria for the variance throughout that process. Um, some of the technical aspects worth discussing are that we reviewed, I should say, in our analysis were general constructability on the lot um, as we are confined by existing structures and infrastructure the topography, access to and from the proposed garage in a safe manner, drainage of the mountainside. Um, all of these limit us to locating the additions on the north and south side of the existing structure. On the north side of the structure, we have a master bath and guest room. Um, down here in this lower corner is the 
main level floor plan. Here's the north side with just a master bedroom and a master bathroom, excuse me, and a guest bath. Um, so very modest addition. On the south side, we have on the lower level, a mudroom connecting the garage to the living space, as well as an entry and a small dining addition, um, totaling 1,344 square feet of additional living area. Um, we also have a garage space located on the south of the existing building here. We did engage a civil engineer with expertise in driveway design to analyze alternate locations for that garage, including ingress and egress to and from the garage. Um, his report is included in your packet on pages 17 and 18. Um, of the other solutions that we analyzed, um, they either encroached further, required additional, um, additional retainage, and also had a greater impact on the, um, the site and mature vegetation via site disturbance. So ultimately, we determined this to be the best design solution, um, considering the safety factors and site disturbance as mentioned previously. Um, these photos, I know we've talked about photos earlier, but I'll just point out here, um, the garage is to be located where this clump of aspens are. Um, however, these aspens beyond um, are slated to remain as well as all the vegetation on the lower side of the house. The lot. Um, we're a little obscure here with this, which is fine. Um, but again, just the dense vegetation that goes up the entire hillside is worth noting. Alan, are you looking for um, Next, I'll just address the five variance criteria. Again, we were mindful of these criteria in developing the design solution and took multiple um, designs into consideration to minimize the overall impact. Um, so variance criteria number one refers to exceptional practical difficulties or an unnecessary and unreasonable hardship would be imposed on the property owner if the provisions of this resolution are strictly enforced. Um, staff's response was that um, peculiar and exceptional practical difficulties or an unnecessary and unreasonable hardship will be imposed on the property owner if the provisions of this resolution are strictly enforced because there's only 8.6 feet between the current structure and the 50 foot setback line, which is this distance right here. When we look at the de developable area after the setbacks are applied to this lot, um, we're very limited dimensionally as Alan mentioned in his response. Um, as well as topographically and the restrictions that the existing infrastructure have on the um, access and developability of that area within the setback requirements, um, making it nearly impossible to construct anything within the setbacks. Um, the civil engineer studies are at the top of the page here. Um, both of these studies attempted to push the garage tight to the house, um, however, um, they had a negative impact on ingress and egress from the site from a safety perspective, um, resulted in more site disturbance than the proposed design um, and additional encroachment into the setback as well as the utility easement um, while impact impacting that mature vegetation to a greater degree. Um, the photos here show the steepness of the lot. Uh, on the western downhill side, you can see how steeply the earth um, slopes away from the house, which is right here in your conversation. Um, and then this other photo is the uphill eastern side of the house where we have this um, a, a short little bench for drainage. And then you can see the steep slope moving away from the home. Um, so again, we feel that this 
the location on the north and south ends of this existing property are really the best solution. All right, criteria number two, um, address the circumstances creating the hardship were in existence on the effective date of the regulations from which a variance is requested or created subsequently through no fault of the applicant. We already discussed the history of the subdivision. Um, it was created more than 50 years ago prior to zoning standards. The size of these lots, um, the topography of the subdivision in general just doesn't conform to the MRE zone district standards in general um, to no fault of the owner who purchased the property in 2018. Um, criteria number three, there are two parts to this criteria. Um, the, the first is, um, talks about exceptional, exceptional narrowness, shallowness, shape, or topography or other extraordinary exceptional situations. Um, I think we can see from all of these site graphics that this is a long, narrow site. It's um, only one acre, so the, the width of the developability um, in conjunction with the, sh the shape, the shallowness, and the topography on either side um, really create a difficult um, site from a constructability standpoint. Um, the second part of this criteria states that exceptional situation or condition, which does not occur generally in other property in the same zone district. Um, I've already mentioned this again, that MRE zoning standards that are applied to this subdivision um, really make it um, challenging to, to comply with the standards. Um, we did perform a slope analysis, which is this graphic down here and demonstrating the practical difficulties in developing the site. The yellow, red, and purple shaded areas are greater than 30%. As you can see on both the uphill and downhill side of the existing structure within the building setbacks um, are significantly greater than 30%. On the uphill side, we've got up to 50%. Downhill, we've got some 50, 47. Um, the green and blue areas on the site indicate areas that are less than 30%, therefore developable per the zoning, the subdivision standards. Route County. Um, this is where we plan the additions on this natural bench um, parallel with the topography where the slope is not so great that we can't construct a building. Um, so circumstances, let me kind of jump back there, circumstances not in other MRE property zone, zone districts um, are really that the lot is smaller than five acres, significantly smaller at 1.09 acres, and the average slope is greater than 30%. I think I kind of jumped around there. Okay, criteria number four um, is that the variance, if granted, will not diminish the value, use, or enjoyment of the adjacent properties, nor curtail desirable light, air, and open space in the neighborhood, nor change the character of the neighborhood. Um, Kevin, are you still able to hear me okay? Yeah, I am. There are brief delays I think maybe you just pause in between the the uh, points that you're making between two and three and then again between three and four yes we're just changing slides and um, there's a little okay. delay so well okay um, so criteria number four 
um, diminishing the value, use, or enjoyment of the adjacent properties, light, air, and open space in the neighborhood and the character of the neighborhood. Um, staff's response here, the variance if granted will not diminish the value, use, or enjoyment of the adjacent properties, nor curtail desirable light, air, and open space in the neighborhood, nor change the character of the neighborhood because the configuration and size of the structure is generally in conformity with other lots in the neighborhood and is the least impactful of the alternatives that were considered. Um, so I'd like to point out the dense mature vegetation on this site, as well as the neighboring properties. Um, in these photos, um, this photo was on a previous slide, you can see the dense vegetation of aspens moving all the way up the hillside, as well as the underbrush here. Um, this is another photo showing how many mature vegetation, mature aspens and other vegetation will remain um, after the project. Um, all in all, approximately 10 to 12 aspens in this area right here will be impacted by the um, garage addition. Another thing to note is the distance to the neighboring structures. The neighbor to the north, um, here we have lot 18, the Brooks property. So the neighbor to the north has an existing structure on site that is approximately 90 feet from the Brooks house. Um, again, these measurements were taken from county GIS software, so they are approximate approximately 90 feet. And the structure to the south, lot 19, is approximately 176 feet away from the Brooks structure. Um, furthermore, there is significant elevation change between all of all three of these properties. Um, to, the, to the north, lot 17, this home, home's elevation starts about here, and you can see how that relates to the Brook residence. Um, this photo on the lower left, shows the neighboring structure to the south and it is significantly higher in elevation than the Brook property. I think it's worth noting here that while this structure um, can see the existing home, um, or excuse me, well, it, it is located higher, it will inevitably see the home below, not just this home, but the other homes in the subdivision. They um, are located high enough that the existing Brook home is certainly in their view corridor and the addition will be as well. So the impact of that, I think is just worth considering. Um, it already exists. The proposed garage is also buried into the hillside with a smaller footprint above for a home office. Um, so just noting that that second level, that's about the, the elevation of this deck is just a small home office footprint about half the size of the garage. Um, the owner of lot 19 to the south has constructed a walking path around the perimeter of their property for personal use. Um, this is the property with the walking path. I'm not sure exactly where the, the path is located. I just um, understand that it, it follows the perimeter of their property, um, which backs up to this lovely large parcel to the east for the majority of the perimeter. However, there is a section of the trail and from what I understand, that does follow the Brooks shared property line in this location. Um, with this aerial... <laughs> we, um, we, I think we all understand that this is a denser neighborhood than would typically be found with MRE zone district standards applied to it. Um, the character is not compromised by the addition of a garage to the Brooks property. Um, we can look at the first slide that does show all of the subdivision and you can see the, um, the footprints of the existing buildings on all of those lots. This is just a larger image of the kind of immediate vicinity lots 
um, all long and narrow. All of these homes are located pushed to the front setback. Um, so the experience through the neighborhood is already established when you enter the subdivision. Um, the Brooks home is actually pushed relatively far from the front property line. And again, we already spoke about the distance to the neighboring homes. Um, so again, we do not, the character is not compromised. Uh, and we've received several letters in support of this variance from neighbors throughout the subdivision. Right, criteria number five. Um, the variance if granted will not be directly contrary to the intent and purpose of this resolution or the Route County Master Plan. As staff notes, the project is compatible with adjacent uses and all other zoning criteria with the exception of the setback variance. Um, so with that, I will again just note that the variance process is in place for these specific unique properties. There's a reason why we're here tonight and that this process, again, um, is in place and our project appropriately qualifies for a variance. So thank you for your time. I'll answer any questions. Nancy, I think next in line is going to be uh, staff comments or staff presentation. Uh, yeah, so this, like Chancey said, this is a setback variance request for the north property line and the south property line. They are proposing a 19 and a half foot setback, which results in a 30 and a half foot setback variance. And so it is for a two car garage uh, on the south side and then an additional uh, bedroom and other interior items on the north side. So the original design was modified as a result of a concern raised by the neighbor to the south, uh, Mr. Gilman. And that design, the, the new design significantly uh, improved upon the original design. Uh, there are, as Chansey said, there is a trail that runs along the shared property line but between the two lots and there are there is significant vegetation that exists between that that trail and the proposed addition and then as well as between the house on lot 19 and the proposed addition um as chancy said the lot to the south is higher in elevation than the Brooks property. And there is a deck off of the house that's on lot 19. And it does look down across the valley as well as down onto this lot. And so as Chansey said, there are about 10 to 12 uh, mature aspen and some middle story vegetation that will be removed for the addition, which will decrease the amount of vegetated buffer between the new addition and the trail and the house. But based on staff's analysis of the application against the five criteria, uh, we felt that uh, it was in compliance with the five variance criteria. And so I do want to bring up some 
pictures of the from the trail and to the proposed addition. So So here is one lot or one picture. Uh, this is the existing Roke house in the background and you can see the, the middle story vegetation and the, the aspen that block it. Uh, now is that a picture from the trail? That's a picture from the trail. Yes, okay. ma'am. Thank you. Here's another picture from the trail uh, with the, the brook house in the background. These are some of the aspen that will be removed for the, for the construction of the addition. Um, here is a picture from uh, the deck on lot 19 down to the house, which you can see right here. Uh, not all of these aspen will be removed, uh, but some of them will, which will, like I said, decrease the vegetative buffer and provide more of a view down to down to the house. Um, so there were five comments from the public that were submitted prior to the staff packet being distributed. Four of those were in support. One of them was in opposition. And then following the distribution of the staff packet, one additional letter of support was, was submitted and that was provided to you after the staff packet was, was um, distributed. Um, I was going to go through the, the five criteria, but uh, Chansey addressed all of the staff's comments on those five criteria. And the, the main issue that staff would like discussed is uh, in relation to criteria four, which is um, shall not. Uh, will not diminish the value, use, or enjoyment of the adjacent properties, nor curtail the desirable light, air, and open space in the neighborhood, nor change the character of the neighborhood. So those are the comments that I have for now. Oh, one other thing. Uh, variances are required to uh, are required to have four affirmative or approving votes in order to be approved. So it cannot be a, a three-two split decision. It must be a four-one decision. And as we discussed earlier, I think uh, Joella West is going to be the alternate that's going to be voting on, on this application. Sure. Um, we're not adding we're um, just to clarify, we're not adding a bedroom. There is a 300 square foot space above the garage that's half of the garage footprint that will be functioning as a home office strictly for personal use. Anything else, Alan, from staff? Uh, that's it. Okay. At this point, I'm going to solicit <clears throat> questions from the commission for um, either staff or petitioner. Um, 
Jerry, we can start on your end, I guess. You have anything? I forgot what my question was. I, uh, oh, I, I remember what my question was. It had to do with the variance on the uh, original cabin, and you clarified, um, Alan, that since we already were looking at a variance on the north, we didn't have to look at a second variance for the cabin. Correct. And my question was, uh, given that we know that there are a number of mature aspens that have to be removed in order to um, do this uh, addition, is there any way to mitigate that, for example, by installation of new trees? Uh, planting new vegetation is really the only mitigation measure that could be effective. Uh, and that would really only be effective along the, to mitigate the impacts to the trail that's on the property line because of the, the height difference between the, the house on lot 19 and the Brooks house. The only way to mitigate that impact is is to have mature mature trees, so they could be planted, but they wouldn't be they wouldn't have the desired result, the desired effect, mitigation for at least another 15, 20 years until they became 40, 40 foot trees. Thank you. I didn't have anything. I don't think the first go around. I don't know. Uh, I can hear that. I, I, comments. I have some comments that. No questions, so I'll hold the comments to our discussion. Let's go, let's go ahead. Okay. I think this is where you voiced your okay. previously. Um, so, so I guess my, my comments, and they can certainly be uh, questions to be answered either by petitioner or by staff. Um, my, my main one is in regard to, to the number four, um, particularly in regard to the use and enjoyment of the property by the neighbor to the south. And it seems to me to change from a 50 foot setback requirement to what the request is to make it a 20 foot is, um, is quite a change in the setback. And I just think that's, that's too small even for that area. And the, the staff's finding about number four saying that it does not um, diminish the the use or enjoyment of the adjacent property, I, I think, and I'm sure Mr. Gillen will will uh, state his reasons why it will um, diminish the use and enjoyment of their property. Um, my other comment about about the trees was that to remove 10, 10 to 12 large um, aspen is quite a few, and the leaves are pretty much off aspens for six months out of the year, so. It will it will not only decrease the number of trees, but it's um, I think it's going to make that setback even even more prominent. So uh, that that's my concern. Um, yeah, I guess I have two parts. So uh, what what is the health of the trees that are currently there? And then under Route County. Wildfire, aren't they supposed to clear the trees 35 feet from the house in the first place? So, if they were to clear the trees for wildfire, doesn't that present the same thing? 
so Route County, I don't know, I can't speak to the health of the trees. Um, and Route County does not have any uh, defensible space requirements. They are recommendations. Um, I don't, and, but I don't know exactly what, what those are, but based on my site visit, when I was there, they could stand to lose a few trees to create some more defensible space. Right, so if they were to file, follow the wildfire stuff, the clearing those trees would have the same, without building would have the same complaints. Correct. So that area. Correct. And then, Bob, uh, my only comment was that uh, <clears throat> based on the information provided about this neighborhood, uh, I didn't feel that uh, uh, there was any uh, real expectation of isolation here because you're in a development, really small lots. So I, that was my comment. Anything else from the board? Take public comments on this application. Uh, yes, I'd like to comment. Okay, Mr. Gellman, go ahead. Uh, first on the uh, the criteria specifically, the uh, the hardship that seems to have been noted the most was relocating the septic system, but. Uh, if they wanted to add three bedrooms to this place, they would have to relocate the septic system. So that doesn't seem like much of a hardship. Uh, number two, when they, the existing condition, uh, the Brooks bought this place knowing what the existing conditions were. So I don't believe, uh, I, I believe they should be responsible for making their decision to buy the place. Um, Hold on a second. Oh, regarding the, the grading of the place, um, if you take the septic system out of the picture to the west of the property, the grade is less than 30%. I believe they could add 50% to the footprint of the property with a 29% grade at the north and a 22% grade to the south. So that's uh, acceptable. Uh, regarding the value and enjoyment of the property, uh, I am concerned about that. And I think I have the best perspective on that. And as noted, the vegetation buffer is really only effective for uh, six months or so a year. Uh, regarding affecting the neighborhood, uh, the, the, the setback variance is well, uh, affect the neighborhood. And my biggest concern is changing the neighborhood from a middle-class residential neighborhood to a, a neighborhood with uh, large uh, vacation homes. Um, the office was quoted as being 300 square foot and the main house is the addition being 1,344 feet. So that's 1,644 square feet. The assessor has the property labeled at 1,648. So we are talking about almost doubling the size of this property. Uh, so oh, the size of this house. So that's, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, that, uh, that is not a modest addition to the property. Uh, there are other reasons why uh, I believe the board should decline this. Uh, 
there is a already a variance to the north or at least an exception to the setback to the north. I don't know that they could actually locate a variance. There's another encroachment to the south that has a, uh, extended the roof, a staircase, and a shop on a concrete slab. There's no variance for that either. As I said, the assessor thinks the property is 1,648 square feet, but the application shows the main floor is 1,176 feet. That leaves 472 square feet for the lower floor. That's 40% of the upper floor. It only makes sense if there's two garage bays. I'm guessing somebody at some point enclosed one of the bays and made it a living area without telling the property tax assessor. So that's three breaks that have already gone to this property. Uh, the board should say enough is enough. Three strikes and you're out. Um, another reason is that precedents do matter. The smallest setback between homes and Fox Estate is 19.6 inches. That's the same number that the architect picked for two setbacks here. Um, that the original one for 19.6 was granted toward a vacant developer-owned lot, not a neighbor who objects. Uh, allowing uh, the Brooks to double down on that precedent would certainly set a new precedent. Um, to confirm that precedents do matter, the architect included a setback study. And as you heard, only two of the 23 homes uh, comply. Uh, many of the variances were granted toward a private road that was controlled by the developer at the time, and most of the rest were granted toward vacant lots owned by the developer. Uh, that's kind of what developers do. So that leaves three variances that did not involve the developer, and they averaged 40.5 feet, more than double what the applicant is requesting. There's only one home that has variances toward two neighbors, as the applicant is requesting. One of those was granted toward a vacant developer-owned lot, and that those two variances average more than double the current request. So taken as a whole, the setback study is misleading and does not support this variance request. And it does show that granting two 19-foot, six-inch variances will, in fact, change the neighborhood. Another reason to say no is that the board should not be granting variances to facilitate the gentrification of a middle-class neighborhood. The Brooks bought this property knowing it was too small and they should have known the setbacks existed, but they are relying on variances to build their dream luxury vacation home. There used to be a long-term rental property that straddled lots two and three. Now there is a 6,600 square foot luxury vacation home on lot three, 12 feet from lot two, which is vacant and for sale. One of the other owners who commented in support of this variance request owns another long-term rental that straddles lots four and five. Another long-term rental is on lot seven. If the board moves forward with granting this variance, I expect we're going to see more luxury homes displacing affordable housing. Uh, the original application showed a guest suite above the garage with a bedroom, a sleeper sofa, and a bathroom. Since that would have required an upgrade to the septic system, the beds were deleted from version two, but the shower, toilet, and sinks are still there. Version one had a 10-foot, 7-inch crawl space under the new master bathroom, Version two has a 14 foot three inch unfinished basement. The idea that upgrading the septic system is an unreal hardship makes no sense. It would be required if there was a bedroom above the garage and another in the unfinished basement. The old system septic system is the only obstacle to the footprint being increased to the south, uh, to the west, I mean. Um, if the board is still not convinced to say no to this application, there is a middle ground. The board could reject the variance to the south and approve the variance to the north, 
subject to conditions require that the second garage bay be put back in the existing structure and that the basement be designated as living space. The family room that's displaced by the second garage bay easily fits into the new basement and the yoga office would as well. So the applicant gets a two-car garage, a yoga, yoga office uh, for a lot less money, the board doesn't set another precedent, and the tax assessor is taken care of. If that's still not enough, they can raise the new roof over the master bathroom on the north end and have a glorious yoga office up there with a vaulted ceiling, trapezoid windows facing the ski area. So they can get everything they want without this variance being granted uh, to the south at least. So I would really like the board to reconsider their vote and, uh, and, and say no, at least to the variance to the south, if not no to the entire application. Thank you. Thank you. Um, any other public comment? Uh, this is Patty Moon. I would like to comment. Go ahead, Patty. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm lot 17, so I'm the lot to the north and northwest of the Brooks lot. Um, I actually at one point owned that house, the cabin as we're referring to it, um, from 2010 to 2015. I built my house in, in 1998. I am the closest neighbor to them. My house is closer to theirs by far, as I think it was pointed out earlier, than the house that Kevin Gilman lives in. Um, I bought the house because the owners were absentee. It, the house had degraded to a degree that was unacceptable. The woods had not been taken care of. There was a lot of dead in it. And I, I, was, I was sorry to see it sitting there. I bought it and restored the, uh, the house. Ex the exterior was in bad shape and also um, helped in the forest. I cut down 25 trees and Kevin actually was watching this being done and approved of it because these trees were either um, snags or they were dead or they weren't in good shape or they were too crowded or whatever. Anyway, he didn't have any problem with that at the time. Um, as far as their variance on my end of the property, I'm happy to say that I'm, I approve it. Um, it gives them a chance to have a house that they would like to live in. This is not a vacation home for them. Uh, they are planning on moving here full time as soon as this construction, the construction is finished. Um, I would welcome them as neighbors. I welcome them as community members. I think they will be a tremendous asset to our our, not only the neighborhood, but to our entire community. Um, I can't strongly enough say how much I hope you will approve uh, their request and allow them to go ahead with the construction. Thank you. Thank you. Any other public? Does uh, commissioners have any questions for commenters or staff petitioner. Um, I guess I'm going to take this opportunity to go ahead and close the public hearing portion. Any discussion amongst the commission before we uh, put together a motion? Mm -hmm. 
Well, a lot of, a lot of the comments we heard uh, had to do with uh, more like building codes than uh, anything we would consider. So that didn't have too much of an effect on yeah, I didn't have any questions for anybody. I think that some of the things that have been discussed certainly fall outside the purview of this board, for sure. Um, any other comments? Do I have a motion? I'll make a motion to uh, approve the variance based on the finding of fact that we been discussing and also based on the conditions. Uh, I'll second. Got a motion and a second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed. Opposed? Okay. We got four for and one against. The variance is approved. Good luck. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate the uh, participation. I think that's all we got on this. We already have anything like this for next month. Um, we have a really nice um, administrator's report. Um, we have an application in that we expect to be scheduled by December. Uh, yeah, we're anticipating it that it will be on the December meeting, uh, but it has not been scheduled yet. But once it gets scheduled, we will let you know. We'll, we'll let you know as soon as possible um, when that happens. Since we moved to our new um, process through our new software, uh, we don't have the same uh, advertising time of that month out where we can tell you <laughs> definitively at that hearing that we definitely have something scheduled, but we do have an application in. Um, it's being reviewed. It's just going to depend on if it's reviewed enough for us to, be, to schedule it for December. So we'll just let you know as soon as possible. Can, can I ask one thing? Did yeah. you guys get with the county attorney? My understanding of the law is that it doesn't matter when I bought the property, I get all the rights going all the way back to, you know, the original person that had this lot. And, you know, that guy was uh, the one uh, public comment was making a lot of, a lot of material over, you know, they, they bought this lot, they knew the permitting, da, 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 da. And I, I don't think that's correct. I think you, um, again, my understanding, but I'd rather hear from the attorney to all the, the board here, I think would be helpful to understand that, uh, what are the rights um, that you get when you buy property? You see what I'm saying, uh, Alan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, mean, you still have, still have to be in compliance. You have to be in compliance with the, or you have to come to this board. Okay. But, but, but at least what you're saying, let me just, just to clarify this, what you're saying is that if that level they vacant and they wanted to come in and build the exact house that they're now proposing right. to build, they would need to come to a variance, but they would have the right to ask for that house just like anybody. Yeah, well, well, well no, he's, he's pointing out that 
the people that built the thing in the first place prior yeah. to the zoning, the people that owned it in the first place that built the cabin, both prior to the MRE zoning right. coming out. Yeah. And that I think is the point is, if I don't miss my guess there, you're basically saying that the Brooks basically had the same rights as the original exactly. property owner yeah. based on the fact that the residential zoning was imposed upon them. Yeah. And and they're yeah, making these guys yeah. making a lot of a lot of points here about these people bought this lot three years ago and they oh, knew yeah. da 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 and I I think that's correct they did know but they they had the right to come in here for Absolutely. various and yeah. that and yeah. this this has no bearing whatsoever. Well, when they bought the lot, yeah, I mean, if, you know, if I got this lot from the King of Spain, you know, in the 1800s, it would still, you know, I, I have his, as I understand it, I get all of his rights. Um, yeah, you're the successor. I'm the successor, exactly. And, and, so, and I understand that, so I think your yeah. comments are probably American. My comments earlier, yeah. not just Mr. Gilman's, but and, and I, I know I've made these comments in, in other applications that when they bought the lot, certainly they have the right to come in and ask for a variance, just like the folks that they bought. I, I, I understand that. I don't challenge that at all. Um, but if they bought the lot three years ago, probably knowing that they wanted to do this is different to me than the second application, the, the water where he owned that property for a long time. And Why? then came to the decision that he wanted to do something with it. Yeah. So to me, it seemed like this was more of a... Um, I, I guess what I'm saying, Becky, is to me, they're the exact same. It doesn't matter when, when you know, the purchase was made, you still get the rights from all the way back through your title chain, as I understand. But that, and and I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, you have the right to come here, but to me, it's a different condition than you're coming. See, see, that's why I think you're, if, if we start taking that, I think we go down a very slippery slope here. And uh, so, so I don't really care if you come in here, I don't care if you bought the property yesterday or if you've had it in your family for the last 200 years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and actually, that gave me, you kind of backed off that a little bit, I think, and, you know, more towards the, I think maybe more towards the origin, certainly towards the use of the government, the national thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I that, think that was certainly the bigger. That's old. That's certainly old. Most of these people are going to find their property values go up and their taxes go up because of somebody else <laughs> building and selling in the neighborhood. You got a nicer house down there you're looking at. Than older, so. Yeah. Uh, you know, I kind of lean towards the side of And if I can. See my way clear to let somebody exercise their property rights if I can be a little bit less intrusive. But that's kind of the way I think. I don't have to worry about it too much because as chairman, I basically just want yell. That suits me. Um, 
Administrators report anything else? Anybody um, so um, that's it um, for now. Um, the other thing that we will uh, make note of is um, since most of you came in and wanted a hard copy for you tonight, and we can have that available for you um, for the next meeting if you would like to do that. Usually, I'm against cutting down more trees. Yeah. Did we get packets mailed to us? Um, there, you certainly have a copy. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But right. if you want them, we can certainly mail them to you if you want. Or so, if you want, we can have it. Your preference, whatever makes your job easier. I, I don't need one mailed to me. I can certainly read it on my computer. What I have trouble is seeing it. So you like up on the screen. So when I'm okay. trying to, does that go for pretty much everybody? I can, I like stuff I can make notes on, but if I know you guys aren't going to print, we'll print them. And that way I can print only what I. I think the thing that's most important to have, like to have to be able to see, is when you're looking at the drawings and the maps and those things. Yeah. Like yes. all the verbiage and the words. I don't think they're significant if you already read the packet. But yeah. for me, if I'm looking at something and they're pointing at something at the on the screen, sometimes it's hard for me to see it as opposed to being able to look at it on paper. But that only really applies to the maps and the drawings, not so much the staff report part. Yeah. And that's the that's the part that at least for me, I can't print that yeah, out. Exactly. Exactly. So trying to print out some of those things, even trying to look at them on your computer you start thinking about yeah, it. So. I can print it all, but <laughs> you you have the ability. So, I mean, we well, can certainly do that for you. So for just like the, the oversize, like the maps and the drawings, is that what you're looking for? Physical copies of? For me, I don't need anything. But okay. Yeah, I like I like the maps and drawings. I don't care about the pictures so much, but I can see those. Okay. Right. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Just right. one, one note, uh, I, ne I never received the initial request uh, regarding this meeting for some reason. I did get your uh, uh, email with uh, that last letter. I think uh, I the same thing, right? I got your no, email. no, I, it, that was my error. I was traveling and sometimes either I push the wrong button and it disappears. But I saw it, I just hadn't read it yet, But I, so I know I did get it. No, I, I had exactly the same problem as Don. That you didn't get notified. Did not get did not get the, the first notification. Yeah. What I ultimately got was the one that contained that that yeah. latest uh, objection. Right now, I had actually I had gone to the website just to yeah. double check to see if there was a meeting this month, and I saw what it was. So that was a big deal for me. <clears throat> but uh, for some reason, I didn't get that. Okay, uh, we have a staff meeting tomorrow, um, and we'll discuss with our um, our new admin. Um, and then Nate, you're squared away also now. Um, so our old admin didn't add Nate into um, into our um, into the group list, um, and that was something I didn't even notice happened. So I apologize for that. That's all squared away. Um, but you haven't missed anything. Um, so <laughs> that's the positive. Unusual. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's weird. We we were having um, oh, um, application after application, and now we've hit a little bit of a lull. But uh, I think it's just because, and um, 
Jeff, you could probably speak to this. I think there's just such a backlog um, from the design professionals. Yep. Civil engineering companies, architects, they don't have room to, you know, I'm waiting for everything to get that I'm giving everybody, but it doesn't matter because they don't have time to look at the way home anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> and they can't oh, okay. nice place before. Yeah. And yeah. somebody built that they want to build anyway, so they can wait to yeah. that. So there this is go. our industry work we feel why we're uh, not seeing, like we're talking to a lot of people, we expect a lot of applications come in, but we're just not seeing them. So I think that explains why. I wonder, I wonder if there should maybe, should talk about an automatic change in the limit, in the one year limitation to begin construction. We gave a waiver tonight. Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe we're at the point where they shouldn't have to ask for that waiver. Yeah, um, that is something. I mean, you you all have the ability. Um, you have the ability to ask that question uh, to an applicant to see if they want more time. Uh, there is an administrative mechanism built into the regulations too, where I can grant administrative approvals um, for certain you know extensions of time or well minor amendments. And yep. typically, they have to show some sort of. Um, you know, provide us documentation that they've tried their due diligence to build and, you know, show that there's a supply chain issue. And typically that we would want that, but I wonder if we could skip that step since everybody knows what the situation is right yeah. now. Um, we can, you know, discuss that uh, among staff and see if that's just something that we automatically do. That's a good comment. Well, I apologize for not. Uh, I should have been expecting public comment. We didn't get any. I think the, uh, you know, the the, I mean, this is the first time, obviously, the effort to find out. I think you know, what we have to do is always do a mic check. Nobody yeah. was doing the I know that's what was that was kind of what surprised me too. Yeah. I guess since they weren't hearing anything, it never occurred to them to wave at home. But if I were them, I would have been like, and a lot of times, like we have just uh, one of us staff is usually on the other line, you know, from home to tell us, and, us yeah. and I'm here tonight in person, so <laughs> I made a, I made a note next time. I've got the outline of this meeting in front of me, so I think this was the right decision that we here. Yeah, yeah. And I appreciate everybody. It looks like we're adjourned. Yes, thank you. Thanks, guys. It was great to see you all. Yeah, thank yes. you. Uh, thank you for doing some of this. I hope you guys can see you.